This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right. Most fantasy role-playing games have some kind of, they're usually, uh, they're not monotheistic gods. Like, you know, like Christianity or something like that. They are usually pantheon-based. Why? Because it makes it more interesting. Although I do want, I do, I'd love sometime to make a case for a monotheistic game because if you have, I, I believe there's a couple out there, but you, if you have a just one God everybody worships, then it makes it easier on you, the GM. Also, there's a way to deal with that, and I'll tell you about that in a minute. So, how many gods do you need in a pantheon? I mean, I've seen like if you look at the Forgotten Realms. Or Mistar, well, not Mistar, but I mean, you know, like the, those kind of worlds, and Greyhawk, whatever. You know, you're going to see like a whole, like at least 10 to 12. And, you know, that's kind of falls in with history because a lot of people before, you know, before Christianity came around or even Judaism came around, uh, people would, you know, say something happened because of the God of, uh, uh, plumbing or the god of, of grass or something like that. They just come up with these gods who, who would do things. You know, they see some, what makes the sun set? What makes the sun rise? Why are there stars in the sky? Why did my, why did my brother-in-law get a real bad disease and die? You know, that kind of thing. They come, every, people will always try and come up with answers of why things are the way they are in the world. And that leads to a pantheonistic God. But, you know, I've tried to come up with whole pantheons before, you know, for like original my original campaign world. And it's like, oh, gosh, boy, this is a lot of work. And so I narrowed it down. I don't think you, to, first of all, let me say beginning campaign worlds, just, just give them a few. I mean, the only one I can think of for my world was Potatoes, God of Agriculture. I came up with that as a joke in a Labrador game one time, and I kind of stuck in my head. So Potatoes is the God, God of Agriculture. I'm sure I, I think I came up with the one, the God of Death or something like that. But these were kind of ad hoc things. And so I thought, why don't I have like, say, four main gods? I mean, four is a good number because you can have like two good ones or two bad ones or three good ones and a neutral one or one bad one or something, you know, you do have a combination there. And also I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of sold on maybe, you know, basing them on the four elements. 
Now, when I said, and this goes for, when I was talking about monotheistic gods, and you, you know, you, you only have one, one god, you can break him up. What I mean is, Everybody, you know, if lots like, oh, we need a good wheat crop this year, so let's pray to such and such who is an aspect of the big God. You know, there's aspects, that kind of thing. That happens all the time. And pantheons are the same way. So I figured if I start with like four, out with four, four gods in a pantheon. Okay, cool. As the campaign goes along, they can, you, you can come up with other gods and better yet, if the players come up with other gods, that would be cool. Say somebody makes a cleric. Oh, who is your deity you worship? Oh, well, he's the deity of uh, deer. Okay, or forest animals or something like that. More akin to a druid type thing. Okay, fine. We'll come up with it. We'll sit down, come up with a name, come up with a what they call a portfolio. And what the what the... What the what the worshippers are like, or better yet, that would be the player's assignment. Okay, you want to be you want to you want to worship this god. Go ahead and write them up, and we will incorporate them. And so now you have five gods, and that's how that's how you you know you get the world to to be a little more rich. Now I do have to warn that this can get out of hand. I mean, if you end up with like 50 different gods for 50 different aspects of everything, it's going to be unwieldy. Also, there are, there are a lot of gods who are known by other names in other regions. That happens all the time. You know, that's why, that's why, you know, I think in the, in the Greek, um, the god of the sea is Neptune and the Romans call him Poseidon, or maybe the other way around. I don't think it's the other way around, but but anyway, you get you get the idea. You know, over here, over here, we call that we call potatoes. We call him uh, Root Man or Root Rudian or something like that. You know, because he's he, and he could and, and also they could break him off, like saying, okay, Rudius is just the god of of root based. Plants, plants that are that you get out of the ground, like potatoes and carrots and things like that, and they may have another aspect of that god that handles like stuff on trees, you know, things like that. I mean, you can break this down infinitesimally or whatever the heck that word is. So I think you get the point on that. So you can just break them down. But like I said, you gotta you gotta put a cap on it somewhere, and also. Okay, they're helping you come up with a pantheon, right? Okay, what do you do? Well, what you can do is come up with gods who are no longer around, who are no longer worshipped, of, of the ancients. You got some great ruins. You can, you can scribble, you know, carvings on the wall or, or old temple altars that, you know, that got... They, they mention this God that nobody's ever heard of. And they have to go to like a sage and find out about well, what's all this about? Who is this guy? You know, and that leads to adventure. I mean, there are, you know, just because the God isn't worshipped anymore does not mean that the deity doesn't have any power in that world. 
It's just waiting for somebody to activate him or, you know, like, you know, in Relay, dead Cthulhu lies sleeping until he rises because somebody did something, that kind of thing. So you got to keep that in mind. And that's what that's what dead gods are good for, dead deities, because they can they can really enliven things. You know, you go down into a dungeon and find out that this used to be the domain of a of a long, long forgotten evil deity who uh, eats people and well, we're getting close to Orcus there, but you know, eats people and he's the god of cannibals. Yeah, and everybody down there, you know, the creatures down there, maybe they've got some throwback humans or cavemen or something that worship this god and practice that. Don't tell me that's not adventure right there. That could be a real serious problem. In fact, that just gave me the idea for a good scenario. So, see see what happens? That happens all the time. You know, you come up with something. I love ideas that once you come up with them, the scenarios just basically write themselves. Because if if you can do that, you hit you you, you hit gold, and just mine it. Just mine it for everything you got. So. That's my kind of recommendation about, about, you know, gods, deities, and pantheons, things like that. I mean, there's nothing wrong to borrowing other gods from other cultures, but sometimes it's just fun to come up with the stuff yourself. You know what I mean? So, yeah, why don't you try that and let me know how it is? Okay, I got to go start my day. So, if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognard at gmail.com or drop a voicemail on Anchor. We are monetized. So, as little as 99 cents a month, you two can help support this program. I would thank you. Single donations, my Kofi page, ko fi.com slash oldmangrognard or my PayPal tip jar, pay, paypal.me slash oldmangrognard. Let me thank these people who do give to me monthly. Juan Carlos Llewellyn, Gilbert Sars, and Benjamin Brodell. Thank you very much, guys. Oh, and by the way, for single donations, I will thank you when I when you do it. I do thank people. I'm always, you know, I'm without you guys, I'm nothing. Anyway, other good podcasts. Dan Gregg's The Young, Y-U-N-G, Young Grognard Podcast, Kevin at the Red Caps Podcast, Daniel Norton's Bandits Key Podcast, Randy and Joe's Biggest Geekest Podcast, Big John Allen Large's The Red Dice Diaries, and my friend Eric Tinkar's Tavern Chat. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. You got questions? You got comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. Tune in next time when Radio Grognard King Size is on the air. <laughs>